Welcome to Commission. I'm Pastor Eric Teitelman. And I'm Jed Robine. In each episode, we will talk about the gospel of the kingdom, declaring God's heart for the restoration of Israel and all the nations. So join us as we together explore the mysteries of the one new man. Hey, welcome everyone to the Commission Podcast. We have an exciting guest here for you today, my good friend, Donnie Williams, who actually sits on our board for House of David Ministries. I'm also here, of course, with Jed Robine and my co-partner in the Commission Podcast, and he's from Pilgrim Way Ministries. So without further ado, I'd like to go ahead and introduce you, Donnie. We've got some great questions for you. We want to get to know you a little bit better. And I, I just remember the first time I met you, I thought, man, this guys he's, pretty, he's a pretty cool guy, loves the Lord. But uh, you've, got a, you've got a really great, uh, colorful story growing up and just really a rich spiritual heritage. And I just want to dig into that today a little bit as much as we can. So tell us about, tell our audience, you know, you know where you're from, where you grew up. And uh, really, I'd like to hear about how you came to the Lord and your kind of spiritual upbringing. So tell us, tell us about that. Sure. Well, first, I would like to thank Eric and Jed for um, inviting me on and, and having me to share. And just to fellowship with you guys this afternoon, it's a joy to be able to, to um, talk about the stories that God has literally ordained for our lives with each other and for your listeners as well. So thank you for having me. I, I grew up in, in Baltimore County, Maryland, and both of my parents literally started me out in the church. Um, I kind of had an innate, uh, innate love, if you will, to, for music. So started out in the church literally about three or four years old playing the drums. And I do have a sister as well, an older sister. She's six years older than I am. And, you know, Christian household. We were, we were what I would call very religious. And when I say religious, we went to church on Sunday. In fact, um, we were more than religious. We were, we were just like in church like all the time because all of us were heavily involved in the body of Christ, serving God's people. My dad was an assistant to a pastor. He served the pastor. He did not have one particular role, but he did many things. He wasn't an ordained deacon. He just loved to serve. And the Lord really, mm, my, if I begin to go down the list of who or the men of God, my dad actually had a chance to be ministered by. I mean, we're talking about Norval Hayes. We're talking about Maurice Cirillo. We're talking about and, and my spiritual father, who was a late spiritual father. I would say his name is Bensa Itahosa from out of Nigeria, powerful man of God. We started at a church called Living Word Christian Center. That was my first church, and I'm telling you, never seen anything like it. I would say back in the 80s, when this was happening, when we were attending this church, this was the only time there was really a stirring of, of some sort of, let's just, say, let's just say an aftershock of revivals that had taken place throughout the globe in, in previous history. So, you know, if we really got into prophetic history, we're talking about when the prophetic movement kind of like first really hit the United States, you know, mid seventies up until like the eighties and then, you know, nineties, the apostolic rest, the restoration of the apostolic or the apostles, if you will, 
started to reoccur coming out of like that ladder, that ladder ring movement. So all that to say is that we had, you know, I had an opportunity. My dad had had an opportunity to be ministered by some, some giants in the faith and not only some giants in the faith, but he served them whenever they came into town and they would always pray with us. And we saw, I, I saw a whole lot behind the scenes, if you will, at a very, very early age. And my mom, she, she served the body of Christ, but her, her, her story is interesting because she was actually um, in the Baptist church and she served the Baptist church. And so there was kind of like this, this kind of like tug of war between um, <laughs> theology and biblical ideals between my mother and father that I would always hear them discuss. Thankfully, it never separated them. All that to say is about age eight is when I actually started playing the drums and, um, and I, I gave my life, I asked Jesus to come into my life at age eight, age eight years old. I was, I was baptized in water baptism. And literally when I went to my dad's church just to visit one night, I forget who it was. It may have been Vince Idahosa, but he, he laid hands on our whole family. Our whole family was called up to the, um, to the front of the, the stage. And, and he begins to pray over us. And literally at, at age nine, I was baptized with the spirit and something, something supernatural came over me. But, but I will share this story. You know, I would go to school just like any normal kid would go to school. I participated in sports. I was an athlete. But I can recall something was happening and in, in, I can sense in the atmosphere. So I, I, would, I would play Phil Driscoll's CD literally at night and I would put it on repeat. And he played, and he also sung this song called We Exalt Thee. And I played that over and over and over. And I tell you guys, when I woke up in the morning, the inside of my body felt different. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, well, I know now what it is, but something inside of me at that age felt totally different. I felt free. I felt like I could breathe easier. It was just so many things. It was such a supernatural feeling. So I did that for a while. And I would literally throughout my childhood kind of like have moments like these periodically. Went on to, to, to college and went to Morehouse, graduated from Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. I, I knew I wanted to be an intellectual property lawyer. So I, I took the LSAT and I got a good score on the LSAT and enrolled in the University of Baltimore School of Law. And that's when I literally heard the call of the Lord subsequently later, literally within the second semester, supposed to write some sort of paper. Um, and my professor tells us like, yeah, you know, we want you to write this paper about what you want to do in law. And so I t- talked about, I wanted to feed the homeless. I wanted to clothe the naked. I wanted to pray for people. And all that to say is that he said, and he was atheist, but he, he took me, he brought me in his office, invited me in his office. And he said, Donnie, I don't think law is for you. I, I think you should give your life to Christ. <laughs> and wow. I was like, I was like, man, this is coming from an atheist. And, but, but what I did not say is that, you know, previous, like months prior to this meeting I had with my professor, I'm literally feeling like this tug from the Lord. I, I had a few dreams and, you know, of, of God releasing me to do some things. I had some visions. So I started praying and fasting a lot. And um, was really impacted by God, to make a long story short. So, and I didn't really mention anything to anyone about this. I just wrote this paper and he says this. So that's when I said, you know, I want to kind of like pursue, you know, um, education in the Bible. And what I thought I should pursue, 
I can share that story later on, but I went to my pastor and I said, hey, I want to pursue the Bible and perhaps preach. And he was very supportive of that. And so I, I pursued it and the Lord had allowed me to help start a ministry called Catalyst for Change, which is located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And while I will help plant that church with a, a Morehouse colleague, a brother, I was able to actually study study theology. So I got my master's in theology as well. But but besides the education, you know, I, I'm, I just love Holy Spirit. You know, I just love being with God. I love spending time in his presence. So all the educational stuff was good for me, but I really had some really life-changing God moments as to how I would live my life. And he's totally changed my, my worldview. Such a wonderful story. Thank you so much, Donnie, for giving us that, uh, that background. Wondering if you could talk to us about where you live now. What does the Lord have you doing now about your family? Give us a feel for what's going on in your world right now. Yeah, so um, thanks be to God, I got married when I graduated from, um, from grad school. And my wonderful wife, beautiful wife, I love her so much, a good friend, best friend. We decided to <laughs> get married and have some kids. And we had three, we have three lovely children, two girls and one boy. And we currently live in, in Maryland, in Howard County. Right now, I have a school called Action School of Prophets, which I train and equip. Um, spirit-filled believers to do the work of the Lord. Um, whatever God has called them to do, we try to help advance God's will and enforce God's will in their life to really train them to be leaders in the kingdom of God. I am a bivocational minister. I, I do a lot of teachings for, for various ministries. The Lord has given me a, a huge heart for prayer, intercession, and for the gifts of the Spirit, and particularly the prophetic. And I am a creative, I am an entrepreneur, I own my own business, or a few businesses actually, but one in particular is I'm a personal trainer, I help people get fit, and not only fit um, naturally, but fit spiritually as well. So it's, it's amazing how everything comes around full circle. I'm a former teacher at an all-boys school. I taught 10th grade world religions and also taught an awesome course called Theory of Knowledge, that, that course really trains us how to teach. I'm an IB certified international baccalaureate teacher and had a lot of, I love, I love teaching. I love teaching. I love teaching boys in particular. Um, I taught 10th grade and 12th grade, but I love teenage boys. I, you know, I'm, I love being able to just sit down with teenage boys to figure out, you know, how we can maybe um, strategize our thoughts and align our thoughts and do things better to make good decisions. So had a great time doing that. I taught for four years in that private school. And then the Lord led me to start our own ministry called the Miracle Center. And the Miracle Center was a small church. The Lord actually told me to shut the building down. He said that he wanted more houses of prayer rather than church buildings where people just go for Sunday morning and, and go home. So at this moment, we have, a, we have a lot of students whom we teach about the prophetic, and we literally exercise. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, it discusses something about, not something about, but it discusses training your spirit, exercising your spirit. And there's a word that actually says exercise in Hebrews chapter 5, I believe that's verse 18. 
and it and it says that Greek word is gymnasio in gymnasio, and it literally means to exercise and to train. And so that's what we help people to do. We help them to exercise their gifts. So we give them assignments, teach them about church leadership, character building. And we also help people, and this is the this is the impetus of our ministry, to help people learn how to hear God's voice more frequently. And this this ministry has just been a blessing to us. And like I said, everything that 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 the Lord has allowed me to engage in at this trajectory or at this point in my life, it has come around full circle. So I, I'm doing photography. I just finished a project called the Enough Project, um, really highlighting the God moments that we're having in history and really showing this and capturing this through photography. And so I believe that the Lord has given all of us um, his creative spirit. You recall Aholiab and Bezalel, God gave them, they were very skilled artisans, the Bible describes them. However, they were full of the spirit, which meant that their work was set apart from anyone else. And that's just so amazing because those of us who are, are believers in Jesus Christ, who have some sort of creative ability, is able to have their artistic ventures, their artistic assignments and projects to be set apart because they are full of the spirit. When the Spirit of God gets into your assignment and gets into your project, it can look like nothing else. I mean, um, just imagine you worshiping the Lord and, and you, you're, you're painting perhaps the, the beauty of Jesus. And as you're painting the beauty of Jesus, Jesus doesn't look like Leonardo da Vinci's or Michelangelo or any other, maybe, if you will, Renaissance artist depiction of who Jesus is. But Jesus can be the Lion of Judah with flames of fire, you know, just looking just the beauty of God, the eyes of fire just blazing. So there's always a greater anointing on God's people when they actually use their gifts and talents for his glory. And that's what my life is literally all about. Well, Donnie, you and I have a lot of other things in common. I'm glad you mentioned photography. So I didn't know that, of course, when I first met you, I thought, well, this guy loves the Lord and he's a sharp dresser and I can relate to that. But Donnie and I both have a, a real love also for photography, and we're constantly talking about cameras and camera equipment and the latest, you know, we both like black and white photography also, which is, uh, which is interesting as well. And we, of course, are both involved in worship, and Donnie and I have been uh, collating worship together for quite a few years. And, um, you know, he's on the drums and I'm on the guitar and singing, and it, it's been, it's been a, we've had some great times. But one of the things that I wanted to have you talk about is your love for Israel. And of course, whenever I meet any person that has a love for Israel, I'm, of course, immediately drawn to them because we have, we have a connection. We have a kindred spirit in that area. You know, we love, we love God's land and we love God's people. So uh, tell us a little bit about, about how you came to your understanding of the Jewish people and, and your heart for the Jewish people. And I know you also were in, uh, in Israel for your first time a couple of years ago. Sure, that's, that's really good. I'm glad you brought that up. The, f- the first person to actually introduce me to um, having a heart for Israel is actually my father. My father, I, I don't know, so I don't know where he finds, <laughs> I don't know where he meets some of these people whom, whom he meets, but he meets some jewels in the kingdom of God. I mean, <laughs> some, you know, some very, very special people, people that I would say the average person does not is not privy to meeting, but 
my dad would just tell me about how Israel or Jerusalem was is God's heart. That I mean, that's literally God's people, his his chosen people, a people who who serves and who shares and who actually reserves a special place in the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. And and not only has he shown me or, or taught me about why it's important or how important Israel is to, to God and why Israel should be important to the overall body of Christ, I was, I was privy to go on a missions trip to Israel in 2016. And that was also another life-changing adventure and missions trip that I've, that I've been able to um, experience. But Israel, to me, is literally what God says, the apple of God's eye the apple of God's eye. When I think about that, I think about a song that I heard back in the nineties and it was talking about God's love. Here you have a, a body of humans who were literally forced into something that they themselves did not desire to be a part. I mean, I don't think anyone would have signed up for, for the persecution even from the original, the early days, the Genesis, right? I don't, I don't think anyone would have signed up to be under, under Pharaoh's rule at any point in time. And what's brilliant, what's amazing is how God delivered them from bondage, from Egypt's bondage, from Pharaoh's bondage. What's brilliant about it, what's beautiful about it is that God has so much love. And, and what stands out to me about that story is that God told Moses, he said, I've heard the cries of my people. Praise God. I mean, it's just, it's when you think that you're a part of something or you're involved in something and God, it looks as if God is nowhere near or God's hand is nowhere involved in something, but he's hearing the cry of your heart. He's hearing the cry of your emotions. And for that to, to stun God so much that he says, all right, I actually got a plan for my people. And so when I say the plan for my people, it, it's God's redemptive plan. And everything about who Jesus Christ is and everything about what Jesus Christ did at the cross and even being risen is redemptive. And so not only is our, our Gentile believers a part of the redemptive plan, but even God's people, God's holy nation, Israel. And so Israel is more to me than just another country. It is the heart and soul of the universe. <laughs> wow. It is the heart and soul of the universe. Uh, you know, and, I, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form exalting Israel over Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the, is the heart and soul, is the, the center of everything. But Israel serves a very, very special place in God's heart. Therefore, it, Israel should serve a special place in our heart mm-hmm. as we pray and even as we fellowship together as, as a body of believers, you know? So I, I think, Eric, you and I have had some conversations about Israel and we looked through together Romans 9 all the way up to chapter 11. And one of the things that, that, that really stirred you and I up the most was how we are to provoke Israel to jealousy. We always talk about this. Like our salvation is so awesome that it should actually provoke unbelievers and those individuals who, who did not identify Jesus as Yeshua HaMashiach, as the Messiah, 
for for our 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 salvation to be so powerful, to be so profound, to be so impactful, so transformative, so life changing that it that it that other people, particularly in that context, Israel should be provoked to to jealousy. Like, can I have that Jesus Christ? As yes, you can. Just invite him in your heart, and he's in there. <laughs> so that's kind of like just a, in a nutshell. I'm sorry if I went over a little bit, but in a, in a nutshell, that, that's, that's why Israel is so dear to my heart and such an important aspect to overall salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. It was wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Donnie. Uh, last question, as we kind of wind this podcast episode down, it's one of my favorite questions to ask brothers and sisters. You know, I love the idea of, of living epistles that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. So he's writing stories. He's write, written the meta narrative of the gospel of the kingdom, but he's also writing a story through each one of our lives because we're unique sons and daughters in his kingdom. And so, Donnie, if you are a living epistle, can you articulate for us what do you believe God is saying through your journey and through your story? Mm. Powerful question. Um, well, I think what others can read about my life is that as, as much as, as much as we cry out for God to perhaps maybe come in a room or, uh, or just invite him into our worship gatherings, right? God is literally feeling that same, that, that same passion for us as well, if not more, mm. you know, if not more. And so the way I love to live and have learned how to live is, is a lifestyle of, of prayer and constant yielding to, to, to the Lord. Just really, just really wanting to know, God, what do you want for my life? Constantly in close communication with, with Holy Spirit about, about me as a father, me as a husband, me as a son, even as a friend, and perhaps as an uncle and godfather as a teacher, but I think sometimes the most important aspect of my relationship with the Lord comes into play as to, Lord, how, how can I be like you as a father? You know, you know, my daughters, they joke around because they hear me crying out to the Lord. We cry out in intercessory prayer every morning at 5 a.m. And sometimes at 5 a.m. in between 5 and 7, they hear me crying out for Abba. So sometimes they call me Abba and I'm just like, <laughs> you mm -hmm. girls are funny. But if, if they can call me Abba, that means that lets me know that they're seeing something about Abba, right? Capital A, capital B, capital B, capital A, right? That, mm -hmm. that they're understanding something about the love of our father. They're understanding something about being sons of God. They're, they're, they're seeing something and I may not open up the Bible and say, this is what Zechariah chapter three, verse 16 says, but, but something from my behavior, something about my attitude impresses upon them that God is the person that you want to call on and he will answer you. And that right there for me is what I believe can be read, if you will, from my life that God hears us all and he's ready to intervene on our circumstance at any moment. And not only is he 
ready to intervene, but you can hear what he's saying at any point in time about anything in your life at your disposal. <sighs> Getting stirred up. At your disposal, brothers. At your disposal. I mean, anytime you have a question or need something from God, all you have to do is ask him and he will give you some sort of answer, man. And, and, mm. and he's not holding anything back. That's the thing. He's not mm. holding anything back. He's, he's, not, he's not like, you know, concealing any knowledge, concealing mm. any wisdom from us. I mean, it's all there. He's like, come on, son. Come on, daughter. Just, just come to me and I have this wisdom available for you. You mm. have the inside information from Holy Spirit at your disposal, brothers. Wow, man, that so well said. And uh, Donnie, I just am, am sensing as I'm reflecting on on your story. Number one, just want to thank you for and honor you as our brother for sharing your heart with us today. But I'm thinking about actually Samuel, the story of Samuel from the scriptures, and how you know you were what you said eight 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 when you were baptized and nine when you were filled with the Spirit. I believe that Samuel was about nine when he started to hear the voice of God. And, you know, he, Samuel had a school of the prophets and, and move, moved in justice in the land of Israel. And so, you know, I just think there's something there. I just want to encourage you, the Lord, how the, the hand of the Lord is on you in some profound ways, brother. And just thinking through what you just said about, you know, hearing the voice of God and the intimacy of sons and daughters with their Abba. And what a powerful truth that that is for, uh, for people to read into your life and for our journey as, as disciples, that it's not a uh, distant, you know, God is a master that cracks a whip and we're automatons. He doesn't want master-slave relationship. He wants no. intimate friends and he wants family. He wants sons and daughters that have his heart and have that, have that tenderness in our relationship to him. So I just want to echo back what I'm hearing and just appreciate and value uh, the story that, that God's telling through your life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And also, I just want to echo, thank you, Donnie. Uh, and I guess now I think you all can see all of our listeners, why Donnie and I have become such good friends over the last four or five years that we've known each other. We not only have a lot in common, you know, with our photography and, and just our, our worship and natural skills that God's given us, but he, he and I both, we love the Lord. We love Israel. We love God's people. We love his church. And we have a heart. I know that we both share a kindred spirit and a heart to see true divine unity in the body of Christ. We want to see all the walls of hostility and all the walls of separation torn down so that we can come together as one people of God. And I mean, literally everything that, you know, is spoken of in the word of God, we, you know, we, he has a heart to see it fulfilled and it's, it's, it's perfection, but it's the perfection of God's kingdom. It's the perfection of unity of us coming together as, as one people of God. It's the perfection of a kingdom that is without sin it is without any corruption, any any death or sickness and all of the natural illnesses that plague our world. 
it, it's perfection. It's it's Jesus. He is perfect. So thank you, Donnie. And hey, thank I, you. Thank you both, Jed and yeah. Eric. God bless you both. And once again, thank you for the invitation. It was great to be with you all. And to all our listeners, we also leave you with our all of our blessings. And we look forward to seeing you again on our next podcast. Enjoy this podcast from Permission. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our ministry websites. We pray the Lord richly blesses you and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.